Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. All right, lacrosse fans, happy Thanksgiving. We're going to give you episode number 49 here a day after Canadian Thanksgiving. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar back with you. Lacrosse classified on the Lax All-Stars podcast network where we grow the game one podcast at a time. Episode number 49. we got a great show coming up for you. As we always do, uh, our season previews will continue and we're going in alphabetical order. We did Buffalo and Calgary a week ago. The next two teams on the list, Colorado, which starts with a C, Evan, and then we'll move along to the Georgia Swarm, and we'll talk to a couple of head coaches, a couple of general managers as well, in Pat Coyle and Eddie Como coming up on the program. Evan, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving uh, from sunny Vegas. <laughs> you yeah, how, one more day uh, here. Yeah, no, I know. You've been down there a week. I'm a little surprised that uh, you're still standing. I'm like, if I went down to Vegas for a week on my own, I, there's no telling. Like, I might not come back. I might, like, try and get a job down there. I might try and get on, like, the professional poker <laughs> tour. I might go into, like, heavy, heavily gambling debt and be buried out in the desert somewhere i'd be nervous to go to vegas for eight days by myself yeah see i'm lucky i'm 29 years sober right so the alcohol doesn't doesn't hit me right like Mm. it does too many people yeah i'm a local so i get a whole slew of free show tickets so it doesn't cost me much to actually even be down here it's literally like my car rental the taxes on my plane tickets got points and my meal money. That's about it. And you get like buffet meals all over the place for like three ninety nine or something like that down there, don't you? Uh, breakfast buffet for three ninety nine at the casino down the road. Yeah, <laughs> like even dinners like nine bucks. America, right, so you, like there's very little point in cooking here. Yeah, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, up here, Evan, uh, I managed to avoid the turkey, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, all the bread. All that sort of stuff this week. I'm going to go spend a little time with my dad and my sister, but we're having, like, I think white spot dinner for, for Thanksgiving tonight. So uh, I've ordered up. I pre-ordered my lettuce wrap burger and, and salad for uh, for Thanksgiving dinner as I, I just returned from the gym once again. Somehow, Evan, today I went to the gym. Like, I weighed myself before I went to the gym, and I know I shouldn't do this. Like, I step on my scale, wait, like I'm obsessed with it now. I... I weighed myself before I went to the gym, and then I weighed myself when I got back. I gained weight going to the gym. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, how much water did you take in while you were at the gym? Yeah, a lot. Not Lyle Thompson amounts, but uh, I took in some water. For See, sure. I managed to pull a Lyle Thompson on I saw that. And, and I like, I don't that. know how he does this every day. Like, Well, he works out like a madman, Evan. That's why. Like, to put this in perspective, I left the condo at about 11 a.m., hit two shopping malls. I had a power walk to my show that night because I went to the wrong place. It was like 35 minutes each direction power walk. My Fitbit had over 23,000 steps <laughs> in the Vegas heat, and that's how I just barely got to two gallons that day. Yeah, like, and you were doing it like by bottle. By, you were doing like bottle, like 
bottles of bottles of water. Like you weren't, you didn't have like the big jug or you're drinking from the tatley. Like you had, you're you're going by bottle by bottle, and you were literally adding this up as the day went along. Yeah, no, like I said, I don't know how he does this every day. It was tough enough doing it one day. Yeah, well, I mean, he goes through, we talked a while about uh, his regiment that he does on a daily basis, and it's like, you know, 45 minutes of stretching, another hour, hour and a half of weights, another hour of cardio. So you get an idea why he needs to take in as much water as he does. It's because he probably sweats out close to that amount each day. Yeah, but he weighs, what, about 180 pounds tops? Yeah. Now, I'm... I'm considerably more than that, and I still can't even hardly get the two gallons. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't suggest you keep doing that, Evan. That's, I mean, uh, you need to, you need to, the water's got to go somewhere. So <laughs> if you're taking in two gallons, you better be doing stuff to exert that water out. What, uh, a lot of it got sweated out. Yeah. So, yeah. What, uh, what's your favorite, favorite dish at Thanksgiving dinner? You know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy like a like turkey, mashed potatoes, corn. I'm happy. Okay, but like, give me like you know, if you sit down at the big dinner table, big family Thanksgiving, what's the first thing you're eyeing up to get onto your plate or into your mouth, for that matter? Uh, I can't say that there's one specific thing. You can, you can, and I want an answer here, Evan. <laughs> you know, it's literally whatever's passed to me first. That's a cop out. I will try most everything. What is your favorite dish at Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know what? Mashed potatoes. Let's okay. Put it that way. Like, for was it. that so hard, man? Like I No, but like I said, like they're all they're all good. So like why yeah, is they're there all good, but you gotta have a favorite. Like you you're going back for seconds and you're getting potatoes. That's that's your go to. No. But I mean it's just like like in hockey, you know, I'm a long time New Jersey Devils fan, but now we got the team here at home in Vegas. And it's like, okay, I don't have to make a choice other than one or two games a season as to who I'm cheering for. Well, you got to be a bit of a Canucks fan now, too, with their boy Tyson Geik uh, being the in-arena oh, host there. With I, uh, I love Tyson, but when can Vancouver get a jersey that's actually nice? Mm. <laughs> They've had the worst hockey jerseys ever, and they can never seem to find a good one. Oh, well. Um, I mean, I, New Jersey Devils are nothing to write home about either, Evan. So I, I think you should probably slow down on, on that. Kind I know, of. but Vancouver has decided, like, we're going to go back to the ugliest of the ugly. New Jersey, if they bring no, up the I like, jerseys, I like those. I like years. that color scheme. I like the old logo. I'd want, I want to see Johnny Canuck come back. Uh, I think that's the route that they should go eventually. But anyways, this is a lacrosse podcast, Evan. It's not a hockey podcast. It's not a Thanksgiving podcast. So let's talk some lacrosse here. Georgia and Colorado are next up in our season previews. Let's talk about the Colorado Mammoth here, Evan. Uh, we're going to talk to Pat Coyle coming up in about 15 minutes from now. But um, losses at the expansion draft. Let's run it down here for you. Goaltender, backup goaltender Steve Fryer, Julian Garitano, Mike Mallory, who uh, Garitano and Mallory got traded to get Wordle back from Rochester. And that was done pre-draft. Right. So that was one of those pre-determined deals. Okay, you do this, we'll do this, and then we'll get this guy back. Um, we didn't see a whole lot of that compared to what we saw just over a year ago from now with San Diego and right. Philadelphia. 
Yeah, and, and the issue there was is that you had two teams out east as opposed to one east, one west. So a year ago, San Diego took all four teams out west, took four of the teams out east, and they split Toronto. So everything was predetermined from there on in, and they, could, they were free to go and make uh, trades. In the one this year, the only deal that was done was that they guaranteed Colorado and New England, and those are the only two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are other losses, including Jeremy Noble and Zach Greer, who end up in San Diego. Brad Self goes into retirement and becomes the assistant GM underneath Pat Coyle. We'll talk to him about that. And then Ian Lord and Corey Vitarelli, a couple of free agents, lost to the Philadelphia Wings. A little Peterborough connection there with Paul Day. They head to Philadelphia as unrestricted free agents. And Jeremy Noble, I hope things work out for him. He's a great player. He's just not a great player in Colorado's system. Hopefully a change of scenery It'll work out for him. Yeah, I think that's exactly what the little duder needs is just a new, get some sunshine down there in SoCal, new voice. Uh, Orangeville connection there, obviously, with his head coach and Pat Merrill and, and Shooter Sanderson there as well. I think that's the right spot for Jeremy Noble, and they just need to instill a little confidence in him, and he'll be just fine. I'm interested to see how Zach Greer performs after taking a year off and coming back to the National Lacrosse League. Uh, this may hurt him, but this also may help him and reinvigorate him coming back healthy and re-energized here for Grizzo. And he's had some concussion issues, and that's part of the whole package here that you got to be a little concerned about. But he's been playing field lacrosse, so you know he's, he's still Zach Greer. He's still got a world of talent. question is, though, really more is, He's got a high-paying job. How many games can he actually make? Yeah. Is, are they looking for looking for employees? Because I could use a high-paying job, Evan. Uh, <laughs> additions to the Colorado Mammoth. Ilya Geich coming out of retirement after playing for Team Serbia at the World Championships. And Cadillac, my man, Hot Carl. Tyler Carlson back uh, in Colorado as their backup goaltender now. So they lose yeah. Steve Fryer, who may be the biggest team guy of all. But pick up maybe one A as far as big, team yeah, <laughs> TC, my man. Um, I don't know if he's going to have any pools to dive in when his full goalie gear or not. Maybe he could go in the hot tub there in Colorado. <laughs> but they get Geich and Carlson. I like those two additions to the Mammoth lineup. Yeah, I really like Carlson as a backup. He's the guy that he doesn't care if he's only getting one or two games a year, which is all he's going to get in Colorado. He's happy to be on the bench cheering the team along. And... Ilya Geich, if you saw this guy play in Langley, it was he's probably one of the biggest warriors of the tournament because he was playing 45 minutes a game. <laughs> and by the second game, he was already hobbling. Yeah. And he still stuck it out even in, say, tenth, like the 11th place game. He's still out there giving what, all he has. Those Serbians are a proud bunch. Him... Alex Geich, uh, Alexander Geich, uh, at Spats, and uh, our boy Nikki Bilic uh, kind of just pulling on the rope there for Team Serbia. Not a whole lot else there besides those three. Um, but they're a very proud nation, and you know that meant a lot for them to play for their home nation. And uh, obviously enough to entice Ilya Geich to come out and back to the National Lacrosse League with the Mammoth. Uh, let's get to their draft picks. They go after some big 
defenseman, Warren Jeffrey, who I really like to pick here. I think they had their eye on Clark Peterson. He wasn't available. Warren Jeffrey was their next up. Six overall. And then they take the left-handed defenseman from the New Westminster Junior Sandbillies and Will Malcolm and round it out with Jake McNabb at the 29th overall selection. Yeah, they definitely wanted Clark Peterson. We expected that Halifax was going to pass on Peterson, but they picked him up. So that kind of left Colorado in a bit of a pickle in that they need forwards. They're, they don't really need a whole lot of defensive help. They need forwards. But the next best available forward was quite a ways down the draft. So they picked the best available player, probably did the right thing. Um, really, it's that offense that is the concern still. There are a lot of young bodies out there. Getting Geich back is going to be a massive boost because not only has a guy got a lot of heart, but he's got experience, and he's got experience on that team in that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he can put the ball in the, in the net a little bit as well. Uh, we got to get on to Georgia here before we get to Pat Coyle. Uh, quirks in the schedule here you got listed down only two games in April down the stretch. Important to be ahead of everyone in the two doubleheader weekends, but both have two games on the road, Vancouver and SAS, Toronto and New York. You want to explain this quickly? Sure. So Colorado only has two games in April. They need to be ahead of everybody coming into April because they simply don't have the games to catch up if they're behind. Now, every team's going to have these doubleheader weekends. The odd thing about Colorado's is that they're both on the road. So one weekend they fly to Vancouver, then to Saskatchewan, and the other weekend they fly to Toronto, then to New York. It's going to save them a lot of travel toll over the year. Mm. But that second game, second game on a plane that weekend might not be the best thing, especially when you have to play Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan, second game of the weekend, rush yeah, fresh. That's the Western. Yeah. That's the one that matters, too, because it's in the West. I mean, the, the one in the East, yeah, you want to win those games, but not quite as important if you don't win games against Eastern opponents. More important to win them against Western opponents, obviously. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. We'll talk to Pat Coyle about all that coming up here momentarily on Lacrosse Classified. Let's get on to Georgia, though, and we gotta we got to ramble through this rather quickly here, Evan. So the expansion draft losses for the Swarm and a couple of big-time players here for Georgia. You knew they were going to lose good players, just as the Saskatchewan Rush would. Holden Katoni and John Rannigan. Yeah, and Holden Katoni was the interesting one. We didn't know if they were going to pick protect Katoni or Zed Williams. They ought to let Katoni go. Now they're, they were short of lefties, but they've now seemed to have solved that problem. Uh, John Rannigan, we spoke with uh, Reggie Thorpe about that one, and, you know, it's a hometown boy coming home. Georgia's got enough depth to recover from Rannigan being lost, but once again, when you talk to the people in Georgia, this is one of those big team guys that's going to be missed in the locker room. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching John Rannigan play at the World Championships. Just goes full speed 100% of the time, and it's infectious to watch a guy like that play and, and work that hard. The other guys just want to do it too. Other losses, Joel Tinney and possibly Heine Thompson. Do you want to – what do you mean, possibly Heine Thompson? Heine Thompson has not been signed yet. Okay. And we don't know if he is going to be signed. 
I would expect him to sign a contract there in Georgia. I just I I think it's going to happen. It probably will happen. Just hasn't happened yet. Additions: Jordan Hall back with Georgia. Zach Miller, and they get a real electric player out of their back end and transition. And Joel White, who, if you remember way back when, they traded Andrew Suter for Joel White. And he's kind of been in the lineup, out of the lineup, in the lineup, out of line, back in the lineup is Joel White. Yeah, and they get the player they lost in the expansion draft draft previously back. So that's another another key there. Right. Uh, uh, draft picks. Know, and, sorry, Evan. Draft. We gotta we gotta move here. We gotta move. Yeah, no uh, draft picks. Kaysen Tarbell, who I was ultraly impressed with. Playing for the Iroquois Nationals at the World Championships. Really like Tarbell's game. He goes 11th overall. McSpaden, 13th overall. And then they traded all three of their second-round picks for Miller and two future seconds at the draft table. Georgia was really kind of a, a focus of attention at the draft. A lot of things happening at the swarm table uh, at the yeah, entry Yeah, they used their, uh, their extensions real early in the draft mm-hmm. to, to make those deals. Truth of the matter is, all those seconds they had, they didn't need anybody. Right. They've already got almost every position filled. Why take another player when you know you're probably going to have to cut him? Yeah, just to it take him. So stockpile know. those picks up for another year. You might need them coming down the road. So that's what they did. Uh, they lock up Mike Poulin for three more years. That's big for them. And goal quirks in the swarm schedule. Three long trips out west. They have San Diego, Saskatchewan, Vancouver. Last week of the season, they go from playing uh, in New England on Saturday night to playing Halifax at home on Sunday night for their last two games of the season. My goodness, that is, that's a beast. Yeah, they had something similar two years ago where actually they played at home then had to go to New England. But luckily for them, Halifax is playing an afternoon game on the Saturday. So they get to Georgia a little sooner, but... Like the some of these travel schedules, if they're going to have these doubleheader weekends like this, see if you can have both teams play one another back to back or you know, is there a direct you know, make it that as a direct flight. Yeah, we've been we've been kinda clamoring for this for a while to to try and if they're gonna do back to backs, have it as a home and home so it's fair for both teams. And I think Calgary and Saskatchewan actually do that this year, which is super cool, but not enough happening. And 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 listen, That's like the with, only one. yeah, with with basketball, hockey, and these big arenas, uh, lacrosse is not the priority for a lot of them, so they don't get the premier or the prime dates. And then it's got to jive and coincide with thirteen other teams or twelve other teams. And sometimes it's just not as easy as you would think to get dates and times and locations for everybody. That works. We talked to Kurt Malowski last week, Evan, and he was saying like they, all they wanted was the start time pushed back so they could get back from San Diego at a reasonable time and still have enough time to get prepared for their home game. And the league was like, no, this is your time. And they were like, all right, well, we're going to take a flight that we want to take, and if we don't get there, then, you know. like <laughs> Yeah, they're going to start the game with a delay of game penalty. That actually happened with Rochester having – Troubles getting down with Georgia. Yeah. Now that was beyond their control. There was a winter storm going sure. on, but they started the game with a delay of game penalty. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, big deal, right? You start the game down one nothing or down for two minutes uh, out of the gate. Not the hugest deal if it helps your team get a little extra rest. So we'll see what happens in that Calgary game. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. So that's uh, kind of the stuff we're going to go over here with Pat Coyle and Eddie Como coming up on Lacrosse Classified, our season previews. 
We'll look forward to two great conversations. The first one comes up next. You got it right here on Lax Class on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Steve Dietrich, General Manager of the Buffalo Bandits. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you. And uh, big thanks goes out to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Sean Ashworth, Tosh Nishamir, and the gang down there. Making the labels, making the packages, associated-labels.com or Associated LP. Uh, reposted something on Instagram there uh, last week. They do such cool things. They got a daily blog that keeps you up to date on everything that's going on down there at Associated Labels and Packaging. I suggest you check it out. It's an interesting read, all the things that they got going on down there. Uh, a guy that knows Mr. Ashworth quite well, I'm sure is the next man we're about to talk to. He's the brand-new head coach of the Coquitlam Senior Adnex. We've got to talk about that a little bit, Pat. But he's also the head coach and general manager of the Colorado Mammoth. Pat Coyle, back on the podcast. Pat, thanks for doing this. Hi, guys. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, and busy, I'm imagining, uh, with uh, a professional lacrosse team to run and now uh, a senior A lacrosse team uh, under your resume, I guess, as well. Uh, why don't we get that out of the way first? Congratulations on the new head coaching position. You step down from the juniors. You get the head coaching job for the seniors. How forward are you looking to this? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to... Uh... You know, it sort of feels like I'm going home a bit with uh, the senior A's that uh, I played there, I don't know, for a long 12 time. years. Yeah, I, yeah 12, <laughs> 12 years, I think. So it's nice to uh, sort of, it feels like it's full circle being back there. And, you know, obviously not not the the type of teams that you were on back when you were playing, uh, when you had some real high-end talent uh, with, you know, Krugs and Grant and Sanderson and yourself and and others playing there. But, uh, I mean, I guess the plan is to get back to, to prominence here and maybe entice a few of those upper echelon players to come spend a summer in Coquitlam. Hopefully, yeah. Just sort of have the same sort of vibe that it was when, when I was there where – uh, where it was a real destination sort of team where guys wanted to come and play there, and hopefully we can get that back. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's get on to the Colorado Mammoth here, Pat. Um, let's start with the expansion draft losses. You lose Fryer, you lose Garitano and Mallory, uh, but you use those guys to get Chris Wardle back. How important was it to you to, I guess, you know, you're going to have to give up something to get something, but to get Chris Wardle back in your lineup? I, I, awesome. Yeah. I, I thought it was, uh, really important that we, uh, we try and get Chris back, especially with our left side is sort of thin. Um, you know, we have Eli there and then, uh, basically Chris, um, and Jeff Wittig, who's a pretty young guy. So for established guys, we, it was really important that we tried to keep Chris 
And, um, yeah, I, it's, you know, I, I think we didn't give up a ton to, to keep him. So I'm really happy with the way it worked out. The best goaltender in the league, in my opinion, Dylan Ward. You got one of the best defenses in the league. Obviously, last year, the issue was offense. A lot of games, you're held under 10. And then you go get Ilya Geich, who had one of the best world championships he could have imagined for him. The guy is just a warrior out there. How did this come about that you that Ilya came back out of retirement? Uh, honestly, he contacted us and uh, asked if he could come and try out for us. And, and you know, we know the kind of guy that Ilya was. And, and part of that, I think he was going to see how – how things went for him in the worlds and if he felt like he was ready to step back in the NLL. So like you said, he had a great, he had a great NLL or a great uh, worlds there. So yeah, it's one of those things though, that we're going to see how it goes. Like we're nine of our starting D are returning and we drafted a couple really big D guys and, you know, so Ilya is going to have to come in and earn a spot. It's not, it's not going to be, um, you know, what he used to do. It's what he can do now. And if he can be what he was, then for sure, it's better for us. And, and with that said, Pat, it's obviously an advantage to him and, and probably to you guys as well that he's familiar with the organization, the coaching staff, the systems that are being run there. And there's not a whole lot of learning that has to happen. He just needs to come in and perform. That's it. That's it. And and everyone loves him. He's a he's a great guy to coach. He's a great teammate. Great guy in the room. So, you know, everyone was excited when uh, they saw that we we brought him back. But it is a matter of him just performing. And uh, if he can do that, then again, it's it's a great great chance for us and I, and I think the other you know you, you mentioned a bunch of things great in the room big team guy all the rest of it and another I think another guy that checks all those boxes for you you lose Steve Fryer as a backup who Evan and I were saying might be the biggest team guy in the league but <laughs> coming in at 1a is Tyler Carlson so I, I think it's going to be a seamless transition from Fryer to Carlson here as you find yourself with a new backup yeah there was a moment there where we were really unsure of um of like what we were going to do, the direction we were going to go in. Like we knew, you know, obviously you want to try and, you know, like the, honestly, we all know that Dylan's going to be playing the bulk of the minutes, but we need a goalie that if Dylan happened to get hurt, that we're confident in that he could step in and play as well. And we had that with Steve Fryer. And then you add like, just what a great team guy he was again, how well liked he was. And to lose that, there was a moment where you're sort of wondering, what are we going to do? And then, uh, and then Tyler Carlson sort of came onto our radar, and we we feel really lucky to have gotten him. And uh, you know, he's a guy that we think if Dylan happened to falter or get hurt, that we could put him in, and and he's going to be able to play significant minutes at a high level for us. So, what more could we ask for? The clear change in direction up front, you know, you've, you've moved on from Jeremy Noble. I uh, traded Zach Greer away even after he franchised him. And, of course, uh, Corey Vitarelli has uh, moved on in free agency. How do you see this working out with a lot of guys who are still only in their 
second, third seasons, you know, molding together and, you know, increasing their, their efficiency. Uh, well, first of all, the, the Zach Greer thing, he was retired and, and then sort of mentioned that he wanted to play with his brother who coaches in San Diego. And we, it was sort of happened last minute where he announced he came off the retired list and we sort of, he was never going to play for us. And, and we just, we just franchised him there to be able to give ourselves a bit of time to, to help make a deal with that. So we didn't really lose him in the sense that he was going to be playing for us. Um, but you're right. Him being gone is like a veteran presence being gone. And same with Jeremy Noble. Um, you know, with Jeremy, we just, we just felt that, um, you know, he, he had a tough year last year and, you know, with the three righties that are there with Ryan Lee and Kyle Killen and Jake Bruet that we needed uh, just a different look and a new start, it felt like. And I think Jeremy needed a new start, too. So we, I know we're young, but um, if you watch like the summer that Ryan Lee had in the MLL and how he played for us last year. I think that's really positive. And Eli, we're sort of expecting him to be a bit more of a leader now. So yeah, we're younger, but I like, we're, it feels like we're more athletic. We're more, uh, <clears throat> a tougher matchup for a lot of teams. I think speaking with Pat Coyle from the Colorado mammoth and, and you want to talk about athletic, a couple of guys that you go out and draft uh, one on the back end and Warren Jeffrey is, who's a big, strong guy, but very athletic for his size. And then up front with Mil- Will Malcolm, who's you know one of the shiftiest, quickest lefty forwards in the draft and, and a real athletic player as well. Just touch on those two guys, Pat. Yeah, uh, Warren Jeffrey, you know, like Evan said there, we were aware that, you know, um, it felt like we really needed to address our offense going into the draft, but we had to take the best player at the spot we were at. And we felt really lucky that, that Warren was there at six. So, um, you know, we were strong, right on our defense too. So it brought in a lefty, uh, and one thing, our defense, our defense is good, but it's never been overwhelmingly like a physical defense or an imposing defense and just getting him. Yeah. Like he's a nasty. Little, yeah, that's right. It adds a little, a little nastiness, but with, it's not, you're not really giving up anything to get that nastiness in the sense of like, sometimes nasty guys aren't the best defenders, but he's both. So that part, we're really excited to, to have him, you know, join our defense and just make our D that much better. And, um, Will Malcolm, I think, is going to be, I think, could be like a, a fantastic player in the NLL, especially in the NLL on the turf where there's a little more room. Um, he is so shifty. And, <laughs> you know, I think he maybe some of the people, just because the West, some of the times people, people don't really get to know the guys as well out here. Um, and I've sort of watched him for the last couple of years and know what he's capable of and we're hoping he can step in and play right away. I'm not sure if that's, if that's like, I, I personally think he's good enough to do that right away. Um, and sort of the sky's the limit for him, but you know, a, a player that I would sort of compare him to not 
today, but the potential he could be would be like a, a Kyle Buchanan. Mm. Is that sort of, yeah, he's that, great. he's that size. He's that shifty. He's that fast. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do uh, in uh, in a faster game. Looking at your schedule, there's a bit of an imbalance in that you only have two games in April. The Rush, the Roughnecks have four or five. It's got to be critical for you to get out of the gate fast because you won't have the opportunity at the end to catch up if you need wins. Yeah, well, yeah, if we need wins at that point, we're in trouble. Um, <laughs> I think... I think everyone sort of is aware, at least at least I know we are, first of all, the division we're in. And, um, you know, it's easy to sort of look at your schedule and say, yeah, we, we've got to sort of make hay here. But really, in our division, we, we have to be good all the time or we're just not going to be in the playoffs. With, I, you know, I don't think anybody would disagree that the, the division we're in is the hardest division in the league. The other two divisions are there's only four teams in each, and each of them have an expansion team in them, and one of them has a second year expansion team in it. So uh, really different from Calgary, the champion last year, Saskatchewan, the champion the two years before that, and then uh, you know San Diego, who barely lost to Calgary, the champions last year. So. We, we know we're in a good division. I Our schedule, it is what it is, but we're in tough to, from the beginning. So I think we have to be winning from the beginning to the end of the season. Yeah, I don't, I don't honestly know if anybody or any coach or GM is going to be completely happy with their schedule, but it is it is what it is, and you, and you got to play through it. Like, everybody's going to have their challenges throughout the year. Uh, as we speak with Pat Coyle, I want to just uh, give you a big congratulations, Patrick, uh, on winning yourself a gold medal with Team Canada a few weeks ago. What a thrill it was to, to watch you guys in that gold medal game. And, and, you know, we had you on before the tournament started. And, and one of the things you said was that you were most excited about getting around those other coaches and Clark and Hazen and Malowski to to learn things from them. I don't know how much each guy tipped their hand on stuff that they run with their team, but I don't even really know if it's about that. Like what, what did you take away from that tournament besides a world championship and a gold medal? Uh, there's so much information uh, being given in such a compressed time that it is hard to sort of really like get a lot from the coaches, but what I did, I did find is like their mannerisms or how they carry themselves or their, their tone or, um, just their, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but you sort of see how they carry themselves around the players. And it's just good to have, I feel like these mirrors around of, you know, like I sort of know how I want to be as a coach, but you don't really, always know if it's the right way or if you know just a little bit to the left or the little bit to the right is is the way to go and i to have to be around those three guys that i really respect and have had a lot of success it uh it just made me look at things a little differently and for me that was the best that was the best thing about it uh, I, 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 no doubt about it, and it, it was—it's crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> I look at that Canadian bench, and you got four NLL head coaches on the bench. Your general manager is another NLL head coach, and then you look across 
to the Iroquois bench, and there's Richie Kilgore and Rob Williams, and it's just like the amount of knowledge in that confined area, the amount of just lacrosse IQ alone in that little space in that point in time, it just it blew my mind. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying there? Like, I don't know if you'll ever see a collection of that many great lacrosse minds in one little spot at at a time. Like, it's it was nuts. Yeah, it it is pretty amazing, and and in all honesty, the players are are the ones that are really good. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I I'm just sort of saying who's going out on the floor next. Where I was wondering about that, like I mean, because honestly, I, I'm looking at the, the the short man unit, and and you got Rubish and Corbiel and Priolo and Matt Beers out there, say, but that leaves. Oh, there's Robert Hope, and there's Graham Hosick, who's not on the floor. Like, I don't, did you have to say like, okay, it's your turn, or are these guys just rolling out the gate, and whoever goes goes? No, yeah, we we had a bit more structure than that, but. Um... Yeah, when we're going five on five, it, it was almost like the next five. And, and even, like, to, you know, have Jason Noble not playing in the last game. Yeah. Like, he's, he he's a world-class defenseman. <laughs> yeah. He went deep yeah, player so, two years ago, yeah. And and honestly didn't deserve not to play. It's just, it's so hard to pick who's not going to play or who's going to play. So, I know, like, you're, the coaching, uh, the coaching is good and, experience but the players are are fantastic i i don't know if i've been around such a such a good group of players before great team guys well that's yeah i mean that's that's kind of what i heard pat from the beginning of the week right through the end of it into the championship and post-game celebration is that that was a really good team and and one of the hardest things to do as a coaching staff or a gm or even as a, a team is to come together and find that chemistry and cohesion in a short amount of time and not you know check your ego at the door and all the you know maybe get yourself into a role that you're not used to playing because of the amount of talent that's surrounding you but it didn't seem like any guy had a problem making that adjustment and everybody bought into the cause no yeah yeah absolutely we we talked amongst ourselves as the coaches afterwards and we sort of agreed the best decisions like the most work we did and the best work we did was actually before the tournament and picking the team and and just picking the right guys and they sure made us look good yeah well uh that they did pat coil that they did hey listen man thanks for uh spending a little time on your holiday thanksgiving here with us on lax class and Enjoy a little turkey dinner. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you with the Colorado Mammoth uh, whenever we cross paths and uh, on to the summer with the Coquitlam Madnax. Congratulations on all of it. Thanks. Try to be a little more objective when you're in Saskatchewan. Oh, too, man. come when on now. Yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll, I'll well, give remember, you he's from Orangeville now, okay, right? I'll, I'll give, <laughs> no, that's right. I'll give you that, but it, you got to do me a favor and and just uh, make sure Jenner knows that there's two teams on the floor as well. Uh, I'll, I'll pass it on. I appreciate. <laughs> All right, Pat. Uh, enjoy Thanksgiving, and and we'll talk soon. Take care. That was Pat Coyle, GM of the head coach and GM of the Colorado Mammoth, uh, new head coach of the Coquitlam Senior Adnax as well, and an assistant coach with Team Canada. The man knows how to coach some lacrosse now, Evan. Uh, pretty good player back in his day as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Colorado does. It's like you said, it's a tough division. And, you know, in my mind, there's third or fourth probably at the moment in that division. 
third probably gets you a wild card spot. Fourth, you're really hanging by a thread. So, yeah, they got to get out the gate fast and uh, make some hay quickly against the division rivals. Yeah, I'm going to have to start wrapping my head around this new playoff format, and, and it doesn't necessarily matter where you finish in your division. It's about where you kind of finish in the grand scheme of things and what seeding you're going to get uh, come playoff time, which is going to be interesting. It's different. I like it. It's just going to take me a, a little bit to wrap my head around it. Let's take a quick break here on the other side. Quarter number three is coming up, and we're going to head down to the dirty south, Georgia, and the swarm. Eddie Como is coming up next here in Lacrosse Classified. Keep it right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Steve Priolo of Team Canada, the Buffalo Bandits, and Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You just heard from our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be unsportsmanlike. All natural, nothing artificial, informed choice certified supplements. Tons of lacrosse players on them. I suggest you check them out. PVL.com at Pure Vital Labs. I've been taking a little bit as well as uh, the weight has been coming off and uh, Pure Vital Labs has a little bit to do with that. So if you're looking to get bigger, looking to get smaller, just looking for some more energy, you name it, Pure Vital Labs is your go-to source for the best supplements on the market. Says it's Jake Kelly, Devin Shiminar with you and now joined by the head coach of the Georgia Swarm and the general manager of the victorious Team Canada. It's Ed Como. I've been I said Como off the top of the show, Eddie. Even though I know we had you on a while back, and you you set us straight. It's Como. I, I reverted back, but then I I called you. I heard your voicemail, and I thought, man, I'm an idiot. It's Como, Ed Como, on the program. Thanks for coming back, Eddie. No problem, Jake. I uh, I've had a lifetime of this, and I think people in my family aren't really sure how to pronounce it properly. So I. <laughs> I answered. I answered to most. So okay, well, uh, we're going to do our best here on Lax Class to educate the lacrosse fan, if you will, and, and get them on the on the right side of things. Ed, come on, hey, uh, congratulations on on another gold medal with Team Canada at the World Championships, man. Uh, that was such a thrill to be able to call that game, and and I'm sure it was uh, a huge thrill for you to kind of sit back and and watch the the fruits of your labor hoist uh, hoist the Cockerton Cup once again. Yeah, it was. It's always great to win, and that's, that's always the uh, number one thing. And but putting together the the team and the staff, and it uh, it's a different sense of satisfaction when you're, you're the general manager as opposed to the, the head coach. But uh, as, as Glenn uh, Glenn Clark said after, I kind of warned him the the pressure that you feel. And he said, uh, after you win. It's, Jubilation, but a large part of relief, and uh, <laughs> and uh, knowing, knowing that your expectations are very high for our team, as, as they should be, but knowing that uh, every country and every team is getting better and better, and everyone's out to knock us off. So it was, it was 
great experience. Uh, coaching staff was was great to work with. Players, uh, one of those guys I didn't really know, so I got a chance to meet and, and work with a lot of them. And, and I, I tell that to all the coaches that get involved with the national team. That's part of the best the, the best experience of, of being involved in the national team is getting the opportunity to work with other coaches and work and, and see other players. And you really yeah. get a respect for guys that you know. You've only seen from the other bench, and when they're on your bench, you, you got a lot more respect. For yeah, them no, Pat, understanding of the game, so. Pat Coyle was definitely uh, one that you know when we had him on. And Eddie, I just want to make sure I know you're I know you're chilling poolside down there in Vegas at the Mandalay Bay. I just want to make sure you're speaking into your phone because you're kind of fading in and out on me there a little bit. So maybe, oh, okay, yeah, yeah just uh, I want to give you yeah, a heads I'll up on that. Here, but yep. uh, it's funny because Pat sure, Coyle yep. was he said one of the things he said was that he was most looking forward to was to learn from the other coaches there uh, that would be surrounding him. He wanted to kind of soak in their knowledge. And, and it's funny, I, saw, I saw Glenn after uh, down on the turf after the, the post-game celebration was kind of going on, and he just looked at me and just let out a, a deep exhale like, man, am I glad we got that done. And, and the line I kind of kept hearing, Eddie, was that you, you were telling the guys like, hey, if, if, if you don't win, you're not going to have to worry about being asked back. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's what I said to guys. Because guys said, "Hey, we've really enjoyed this. It's been a great experience." I said, "Well, I said, uh, I said, I, my kids actually said to me about you know, if you don't win, what happens?" And I said, well, "Other than the fact of resigning, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely success is is a big part of it, uh, but but also for you know, I said to the coaches, a big part of the national team is is we we obviously want to win." But everyone wants to win. We want to do it the right way, and, and we really work hard on trying to select a lot of players with character. And, and as you saw, when we were out there, we, we had a practice with the Austrian team. We did a, a minor meet and greet with uh, Porco Quitlam and helped them open a new arena. Like we really try to do things to do it the right way, and that's that's really part of it as well too. Winning is winning is what's expected and, and what you hope is the outcome but we also want to make it a great experience for all of our uh, all of our players and all of our staff members but also we want to uh, our countries too we, we always try to do that so it was winning is great and but we did a lot of great things and, and i can't speak enough about the players and, and the coaches what, what a fabulous job they all did you and i had a conversation at the worlds about the wear and tear that players are going to have on their bodies this year because a lot of them played NLL and then summer ball and then one of the field leagues and of course the world championships and of course a couple of your forwards did go down in the world championships Lyle Thompson seems to recovered miles didn't make the final I guess where are those two at and you know how are players going to be coming into training camp with this many games under their feet this year well, I, I think it's almost the norm now with guys playing MLL, PLL, summer ball, big cup, and this is just a once in, in four years where you, where you get this. But I, I think the nice thing is there's a little bit of time, and, and we, we obviously, as a staff, you care for the main cup to be over as quickly as possible because the last thing we'd want to do is have a lot of players playing in the main cup go seven grueling games and then and then have to turn around and three days later start start up the world championship. So it's timing of it's tough and, and this is unique this year. But uh, I think you know in terms of injuries, uh, there's enough time between the 
end of the world and the start of, start of the NOL seasons for, for guys to get healthy. And, and, and obviously, there's a lot of secrecy around how, how anyone's injuries at the World Championship, so it was hard to really get a handle on it. But as far as I, I know and I've heard, I think both Lyle and Miles are, are fine, and, and they'll, they'll, be, they'll be ready to go once we, we start up at the beginning of November. Speaking with the head coach of the Georgia Swarm, Ed Camo, and and I mean, at the end of the day, Eddie, it's something that that all teams are going to have to deal with on some level or or another. Is the the talent pool throughout the World Championships pretty spread out across the league? Um, let's let's get a little closer to home for you, and that's your Georgia Swarm um, training camp, not too far off in the distance here. But we'll we'll start with the expansion draft and your losses. And what were a couple of real impact players in your lineup, Ed? And, and I don't know if you replace these guys or whether it's going to kind of be by committee, but you lose Holden Katoni and, and John Rannigan, which one off at of each end of the floor here, and it's it's going to affect your... Yeah, for sure. And we, you know, John Arlotta, our uh, owner and, and general manager, said this a few years ago when expansion was starting. He said, guys, we're a good team. We're going to lose good players. And that, you know, it stops there. And we know that's going to happen. And, and we're, you know, the fact that we're losing good players is, is a sign that we've you know, been able to assemble a, a good team. So uh, not thrilled about losing Katoni, who left-handed scorer, and then losing, you know, John Rannigan, who's a really underrated big guy on our team. And he got hurt last year, and that, that really that really hurt us down through the stretch of having him in the lineup. So tough losses. Uh, we thought our draft went really well with uh, being able to pick up some young young D guys in um, Expagin and in uh, Tarble, and then also with um, being able to re-sign Joel White this year and signing uh, Jordan Hall as a free agent. So, you know, we simply brought some guys in, and uh, certainly the young guys will take some time for them to to get their game to an NLL level, but. Uh, happy with the draft, happy with what we did in free agent and, and you know, being able to recline Mike Cole in. Uh, those are real core guys for us, and, and that's kind of been our focus. We said let's really work hard to try to keep our core group together, and knowing that each year there's expansion, we're going to lose some guys, and, and uh, hopefully through the draft that we'll be able to fill those holes. So, uh, yeah, and I think you know, other teams are, are, are feeling that same pitch now, and some teams that you know, Buffalo lose, you know, lose two, uh, two, two good players. And, you know, teams that they, once, once you start up being at the top of the league for a number of years, like Saskatchewan, this Saskatchewan lost two good players, you know, the last few years. And they, so, you know, we, we, we understand that. And then I think other teams will start to see that, and, you know, the better you get as a team, the, the bigger your losses are in, in each experience and draft. Mike Poole, and you got him back for another three years. And in fact, he had the franchise tag applied to him and rejected it, which helps you out with some cap space. Now, you do have Kevin Orland, who you know, I don't think you have any hesitation to use him when you need him. But obviously, getting Poole back for three years had to be a critical piece of the puzzle. For sure. Mike, Mike's not only uh, a great goalie, but he's a real key guy in our leadership group and what he does off the floor and what he does in the locker room for our guys, it's, it's really huge. And, and, uh, he really wanted to be in Georgia. And that's, I think, again, that's a real testament to the players we have and the organization that he wanted to stay, you know, he had opportunities, but he wanted to stay with us. And, and I think for him, 
Uh, you know, getting him in place is great, and, and you're right. We, we've got uh, we've got to, to both Thornman's brothers, Kevin and Steve, and, and I think the opportunities for for those guys are going to be you know down the road. But certainly, Kevin is you know, Kevin proved this summer that he can he can play at this level. He got some minutes in last year, and we'd expect him to shoot and get some more minutes in. And and uh, yeah, we're, we're 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 pleased with our goaltending, and that's. We're going into camp. That's uh, you know one of the major things that every coach and GM really fret about is, is the goaltending situation. Where we think we're, we're pretty good in, in those spots. It's such a unique situation to have brothers at the same position on the same team. That's it. Like I don't. How does that dynamic work? I mean, I guess the pecking order is pretty clear at this point. It's Poulin and then and then Kevin and then Steve, but. That's got to be an interesting dynamic within inside the lo- the locker room. Yeah, I think uh, they seem pretty good. Like what I see, I, I don't know if I want to ride in the car with them. But <laughs> if they're like any other sets of brothers that yeah. I know, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's a, there's a few a few heated words exchanges brothers uh, would do. But uh, yeah, around the team, they're both great, and and they. Uh, they both accepted their their role, and and those are tough roles. And being, being a uh, being a backup to a veteran guy, and, and being a third goalie, you know, waiting for your opportunity. But right. I think they know that, and they see that there's you know, opportunities in the league with expansion. And, and you know, we love to keep those guys around for a lot of years. But the reality is, with goaltending being at such a premium, that uh, having having good depth in your goaltending position is is really important. And, and we we think you know, we think John's done a nice job of that, being able to bring these bring these goalies in, and and uh, our staff has you know worked with them, and and obviously having working behind Mike Poulin, another Kitchener guy. We we had Craig Wendy last year. We had right. four goalies, and we used to joke we had we just we just drafted we only draft Kitchener goalies. So, <laughs> um, it, it, but, but having Mike Poulin as a kind of a mentor, a guy to learn from. I don't think there's a, a better veteran goalie in the league right now. His demeanor, his way with the players, his attitude, is it's, it's, it's a really good role model. And, and by the way, Mike Coolen said the same thing about coming in with Bob Watson, you know, having to play under Bob Watson. He learned a lot from Sure. Playing under Bob and and we, you know, I, you know, I said to Pooley, "This is this is your legacy now. These there's going to be goalies that are playing for another 15 years. They're going to say I got to play under, you know, play with Mike Pooley and I learned from him. So it's it's a great dynamic to have. And, and the brothers, too. yeah, the brothers have been great. Yeah, and 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 honestly, I think Pooley's probably the perfect guy for for that role as well. As we speak with Ed Camo, um, Evan wants to hit on the schedule for your Georgia Swarm. I know that. I want to go back to your draft pick. Here, Eddie, and I know that it was there was some discussion on was it going to be McSpadden or whether is it going to be Tar. You end up getting both these guys, but you take Tarble at eleven. Uh, watching this kid at the World Championships did nothing but impress me from game in and game out. I think you got a real gem here in Tarble. Yeah, we were John Arlotta does uh, a lot of work. I, I think he watches more. From lacrosse games and anyone in the league from his home in Hillman. He's why every night I talk to him in the summer, he's watching games, Western games, Eastern games. He watches the the replays of games. So he, he watches a lot and, and spends a lot of time really investigating players. And, and other when we talked to him about, uh, about Jason, uh, his, his coaches at Cornell, his uh, you know people that played with him that play for us, everyone said great things about him. And, 
we really like to draft players that are, are leaders. And we think when you have a, a team full of leaders that uh, you really can't go wrong. And, and we, you know, we see that with him and, and we see that with Ryan McSpadgen as well. And, and yeah, we, we were, you know, we, we thought we'd get one of them, but we we're pretty happy to be able to get both. And I think those are two players that, uh, have the ability to step in and play, whether whether that happens or not, that'll you know depend on them and depend on training camp. But I, I think we're yeah we're we're pretty fortunate, and uh, that really adds to our depth in the back end. You get a new division this year, and when the division alignments came out, I think across the board everybody's saying you potentially have the easiest division, which brings some confidence. But you don't, of course, you don't want overconfidence. But by the same token, not only do you want to perhaps win your division, but with the revised playoff format the number one seed could mean you're catching a flyer from the west having to go all the way out to your barn i guess it's got to be critical not only to get the number one in the division but number one overall well i I think any coach in the league would say you know goal number one is to make the playoffs goal number two is to get the highest seed possible and goal number three is to try to win a championship so i I think we're we're in the same we we want to get into the playoffs and and, and obviously having success and being able to, to win a lot of games and, and get the highest possible would be great for us. But I, I think, you know, divisional stuff, and I've heard a lot of people say that too. And then I, you know, I, I can look back at lots of you know, teams and I'm sure people thought, uh, as I sit here looking at uh, the team of arena in Vegas, uh, I'm sure a lot of people thought that Golden Knights were going to be an easy, uh, Easy mark on their schedule last year, and they proved a lot of people wrong. So I think you got Philly, who lost a boatload of games last year with one or two goals, and have addressed in a number of key areas there. I mean, we know they're going to be a lot better. And and, uh, and New England, I think, really done a nice job in the draft and and free agency. They're they're going to be good. And and New York is obviously a little bit of an unknown, but uh, you know Reggie and. Reggie works real hard at putting uh, putting together a good team, and and you know we, the one thing we know about New York is they're uh, they're going to be a hardworking team. They're going to you know, Reggie's trying to build that team and his identity. And Reggie was a hardworking, tough-nosed player, and we suspect uh, that's what we're going to get each and every time we line up, line up against the Riptide. So you know, we'll, we'll see how it all goes, but uh, certainly. You know, I say to the guys about controllables and uncontrollables, and I said, we have zero control over what division we get put in. We have zero control over our schedule. All we have to do is show up at the assigned times and play the games. And and that's kind of the way we're looking at it, and whether we're in a, you know, East Division, North Division, West Division, whatever, we're just going to show up and, and do our best and then hopefully, uh, hopefully have some success uh, within our division. And, and even within the rest of the league, because we get to play all the other teams, so it'll be it's always a good measuring stick to, to play teams that aren't in your division and and see uh, see where you fit in against the rest of the league as well. Absolutely, and uh, fair enough, Eddie. Uh, hey, listen, man, congratulations on another gold medal with Team Canada. Best of luck with your Georgia Swarm. Make sure you uh, give my best to the boss, John Arlotta. Never split eights. Always hit on soft 17 and know your limit play within it eddie come out all right thanks thanks jake i'll, I'll put that 20 down for you i'll see you i'll let you know if, if, if i don't all right if we get up to like you know, five I'll, grand I'll, I'll then if we get it yeah just sure. let it ride and if we get up to like 5k then you can stop how about that 
Sounds good. Okay, like man. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Eddie. All right, Enjoy Vegas. All right. That was Eddie Como, head coach of the Georgia Swarm. Getting it in a little vacay before training camp gets started, Evan. And the Swarm, who were hoisting the NLL Cup just a couple of years ago, are going to look at to get back to that level. And I don't think they're all that far off. Well, they got one of the best round of teams out there. You know, when you're trading away every second round draft pick you've got, because you don't need the players, you need them in the future. It shows just how well set up they are. There you go. All right, let's take a break, Evan. And fourth quarter is up next here on episode 49. You got it right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is big team guy Tyson Geick of the Lacrosse Flash. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified Flourishing on Max All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Lacrosse fans, we are back. This is episode 49. Fourth quarter time here on Lax Class. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar. Two great conversations there with Ed Camo. I got myself. I should have corrected myself. You should have corrected me right off the top, Evan. <laughs> I kept saying Como, but we now know it's Ed Camo. Camo, yes. Uh, that, that's going to take a yeah. while to get my head around. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but Ed Camo, Ed Camo. I got to. I just going to have to practice saying it. I think is what I'm going to have to do. Um, so two great conversations there. Up next, Evan, in our weekly season previews. I hope this is all going to work out. We never really mapped this out completely. We may have to do like three teams uh, one week. I don't I don't even know for sure. But next week, Halifax and New England. Why don't we put this out to the listeners here, Evan? Who do you want to hear from, from Halifax and New England? We kind of like to go coaches or GMs when we're talking about a season preview here, but... I'm not opposed to going Maybe off the, the board. Yeah, I'm not. We'll keep it open for suggestion. Halifax and New England are up next. Thunderbirds and Black Wolves coming next week for episode 50 of Lax Class. So uh, look forward to that. But just a couple of more minutes to go here th- this week. Uh, is a little throat bubble there, Evan. Um, what do we got? Lasni. Did you check any of this out, Evan? Not when I was in Vegas. I was too busy doing other things. No, yeah, you know what? I didn't get a big chance to either, but I can tell you that the Young Guns were crowned champions of the last night here in 2019. They beat Team Weekend. Young Guns over Team Weekend, 12-7 the final in that one. Bronze medal goes to the On a Dog of Fire who beat the Glasgow Clydesiders, who I believe were the winners of the Alice Herbesky, uh, yes, back in April. So Glasgow showing well. They come fourth, underdog a third, Team Weekend second, and the Young Guns are your champions of the last night here in 2019. Uh, back a little closer to home, Evan, my Coquitlam Beer Hunters break the 13-year drought, Evan. Crowned national champions out there in Langley last night. I had a chance to go check out the game. I showed up. It was like 5-1 for the good guys. I sit down. All of a sudden, Wally, who came second, go on a run. And I'm thinking, is it me and my bad luck? Every time I go watch a gold medal game, the 
beer hunters have come out on the wrong side of things. I'm superstitious when it comes to that sort of thing. I was like, I contemplated leaving at halftime. I stayed there, seven, seven, eight, eight, nine, nine, and then in the fourth quarter, tie game, Hunters score about three, four straight goals to go away winning by three or four. I think 13-9 the final. Uh, first time since 2006. I was a member of that team, Evan, back in 06 in Montreal. <laughs> Beer Hunters are now the national champions for a complete calendar year as they beat those Wally Ballers in the gold medal game yesterday. Well, it's a good thing you weren't the curse because if you were, you'd be booted out of the Zastel Center pretty fast. Yeah, well, that I uh, <laughs> I I got that uh, a little bit last year. Brandon threw me under the bus last year. I don't know if you if you remember yeah. that. Yeah, he said, uh, "Well, it might be you." We we didn't we didn't get to the well, Champions Cup. First uh, time in five years we haven't made the final, and uh, he put it on yeah. me. <laughs> he put it on me. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. Let's see what happens this year. If it happens again, then then we know there may be something to it. Maybe something to it. I hope not. I hope not. Um, no. Other thing I wanted to talk about here before we let you go on Lax Class. Um, I saw, a, I've seen a couple of people tweeting about how they're sick of hearing the anthems or AKA my all time favorite song, Evan Sheminar, before games. Where do you come out on this? If it wasn't for sports events, I don't know if people would even know what the anthems are. Because they they get played more at sports events than they do everywhere else combined. Mm-hmm. So where else would you want to hear that anthem? You know, if people have an issue with it, when I remember playing for Bermuda and God Save the Queen is playing for you. Is that Bermuda's that national anthem? God Save the Queen is Bermuda's national yeah. anthem? Yeah, remember, it's a U.K. territory, Okay, right? well, I, this is new. I'm, my social studies was never my best right. subject, Evan. Or history. Well, I don't course, even know what category that falls anybody into. Anybody that's in their 50s or older will know what God Save the Queen is. Cause well, it's a, sec- it's a sex cool. pistol song, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Johnny Rock. You know, there was that pride before the game of having your anthem being played for you. Now, the thing that you and I want is something different, which is the Iroquois National yes, Anthem the being played yes. at NLL games. Well, I think it should be played before every major. So, Man Cup, Mento Cup, World Championships, uh, NLL. I think the Haudenosaunee Anthem should be played before every game. For me, like, I mean, it's it's literally how I start my broadcast off every night. That was my all-time favorite song, O Canada. That means it's time to play some lacrosse from wherever I am. So, it's literally my all-time favorite song. I love O Canada. Even going back to my playing days, Evan, that was the time that I, I really started to lock in. Like, that's when the focus really got narrowed. That was that was go time when the anthem was going. That's when the, the sweat was really, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was when it was, okay, it's game time. Anthem's playing. Um, so I don't want to see the anthems go anywhere. I Like, especially... At World Championships, when you win, like you want, you know, you, the boys with the arms interlocked singing the national anthem, like it, that's a memory you're going to have for life. Uh, where, what about player intros? Where do you come out on player intros? You think that's taking away too much time from the start of the game? Uh, I mean, every team's got a little bit different how to do it, right? Like, of course, as at the Golden Knights game there the last Tuesday. Okay, so and now there's a good they, example. They put out the big production, it's and too, that's out too comes much. the night helmet, and they all come flying out of there, right? 
But that's that's one thing. The Rush, of course, have every individual player coming out. But the thing is, is that that is how they get that crowd pumped up. They, the right? fans love it, and that's how they identify yeah. with the player. They find out where they're from, what number they wear, and they're like, and they you see without their helmet playing. off. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like I, I I'm uh, the the Vegas pregame. You know, musical play theater esque. That's a little too much for me. Like, let's let's get the intros, let's play the anthems, let's drop the puck and play some hockey. But the whole show with the gladiators and the fire and the like that that's a little too much for me. I, I'll say. But you that. know what? Is that 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 type of introduction when they were in the, you're referring to back when they were in the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, and they had the whole big production going on. That type of entry People love it. got a lot of fans all of a sudden engaged in a I final know. they otherwise wouldn't have been I, I'm in. a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to that, Evan. I know people love it. For me, play the anthems, do the player intros, and then let's let's play some lacrosse. I don't need the, the big extra stuff. But don't, like, but it's Vegas. Yeah, Everything is bigger sure, and but Van, more Even Vancouver did that in their home opener, Evan, for, for last year, and they scaled it way back after that. For, for their very first game, they went all out. And I was kind of looking like going like, man, like this is – let's play lacrosse here. So I, I guess – I mean, to each their own. But for me, I love the anthems. And I love the intros. I don't want to see those go anywhere. It takes just a couple of minutes time for each. Like, you're going to be there for the next two hours. What's an extra five minutes to me? It's not a big deal. But uh, some people are up and out. They don't even want to hear the anthems before games anymore. I don't get this. I really don't. No. All right. Uh, you got anything else you want to get off your chest, man, before we get you on your way here on uh, Tuesday, Evan? That's it, I think. Well, let's, let's, wrap it up. let's wrap these two teams up this way. Where do you think each of them finish in their divisions? Oh, man. I'm so bad at predictions. Uh, oh, by the way, that's something we haven't talked about. Rhinestone Cowboy. I actually uh, I did a little practicing last night. I'm not going to lie to you, Evan. I was in my bedroom last night. I dialed up YouTube. I found the karaoke version of Rhinestone Cowboy, and I sang the entire three minutes and 23 seconds of it to myself in the comfort and privacy of my own. This thing is going to be a total train wreck, Evan. Like I I was like I tried and it was really really bad. So I, I just want That's wanna, what we wanted. Yeah, that's I really know, terrible. I know. I I just want to prepare people for this. I haven't forgot about it. I'm going to do it. I'm just I'm trying to think of the right way to do it and I need a little assistance like I I have to find a way so I can read the words to the song. Somebody's got to film me singing the song, and then I need to figure out what the right location is to do the song. I'm thinking I might like travel out to like Aldergrove or Cloverdale or something out here uh, in in the Lower Mainland, find a nice open pasture, maybe a couple of horses in the background. I'm thinking, and uh, you know, maybe just stroll through the meadow and 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 sing Rhinestone Cowboy. What do you think? Well. Literally, it's the train wreck of a voice that we're all going to be worried about. Yeah. No, it's the voice. It's the voice. It's not like it's it's not good, man. I can't sing. I cannot sing. So um, I got to figure out a nice day. Like I got to get some good weather. I got to line up uh, a camera person, and then uh, and then I got to find a location. So it's it's something that's on 
on my mind. It's it's a bit on the back. But I'm gonna deliver. I just don't know when it's gonna happen. Uh, let's let's build the suspense up to it. Uh, we got some time to figure it out, but uh, it will happen one day. So back to the original question: Where do you think these two teams finish? Yeah, um, Georgia, I think finishes at the top of their division. And Colorado? Yeah, that's pretty obvious, I think, for both of us. Yeah, uh, Colorado, I, I'm, man, I think they're going to be right there with San Diego in the middle of the pack. Like, I think it's it's Calgary, it's Saskatchewan near the top. I think it's Colorado and San Diego in the middle and Vancouver down at the bottom. That's what I think. I just don't know the yeah, exact I'm, order of all five of those. As long as Colorado's offense can improve, I think they finish third, and third is definitely going to be enough to get you in the playoffs. Yeah, the I just that's a real um, young offense up there, man. Like real young, especially on that that right side for the lefties. Like I, but I'll even go a step further in the Georgia prediction. I think they get the number one seed. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they might. They're a good team. They're and and good team. The, the reasoning for that is is half their schedule is against teams in their own division. Yeah, and it's I mean so, Georgia, and they got. A, Regardless of the attendance there in Georgia, they got a huge home floor advantage just on the travel to get there. Like it, it's taxing on almost every team mm-hmm. to get to Georgia and then play a game. So that's a big advantage there for the Swarm. Well, that's the thing. Like with with the Russia was like, okay, are they playing in Georgia or Saskatchewan? Okay, because the Rush have never won down there. Yeah, ever. No, I know you. You snickered me on that one last year. It was like the Puerto Rico pick uh, in the summertime. You knew. You knew. And uh, you held out on that information and then used that to your advantage on who you got. So good for you. All right, Evan, we got to go. Episode number 49 is done thanks to Ed Camo and to Pat Coyle for stopping by the program. To our wonderful sponsors in Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vita Labs, and Stampede Tack and Western Wear for sponsoring the program. Couldn't do the podcast without them, so make sure you support our sponsors to keep the podcast going that's how it works follow us along on social media at shamlax at pxp for sports and the show is at lax class subscribe to that podcast smash that subscribe button and you never have to worry about it again episode 50 is next we're going to talk to somebody from halifax in new england you tell us who you want to hear from this week on social media and we'll see if we can make it happen for you for Evan Schemenauer, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, I'm for the creator. We'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.